With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And City losing the league for the first time in over 100 days. A run of 50 matches saw them pick up 43 out of a possible 45 points. I'll say that again saw them pick up 43 out of a possible 45 points. Um, And it's gone in one game from boring City dominating the league to suddenly it's a two-horse race again. Over 20 shots compared to Spurs' six. So two key things to discuss. What happened on Saturday against Spurs? And what about this title race? Oh, and there's a small matter of a five or six or seven nil victory in Europe as well to throw in. I can't think of three better brains to discuss all of that. Welcome to Edward Timpson. Hi, Edward. Hi, Nigel. Welcome to David Blakeney. Hi, David. Hi, Nigel. And welcome also to A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Nigel. Listen, uh, not sure how we're going to fill half an hour actually this week, but we'll, we'll do our best. Uh, listen, let's start with Spurs, Stephen. Let's start with that performance, first of all. How would you sum it up? I'm sure we'll, we'll dive deeper into all the different elements of it. In a nutshell, it basically encapsulated City when it doesn't go well. You know, teams defending really deep and we looked a bit, kind of devoid of ideas. We didn't create that many chances. We were just aimlessly putting crosses into the box, which we've seen before in in certain games where we we just lack that creativity. And then on the flip side, Spurs counterattacked brilliantly and it showed our vulnerability to to teams who can do that at pace and are quite clinical. So we I don't think we were terrible. We controlled a lot of the game, but we weren't good enough in either box. And Spurs are a good team. I know they came into the the game on on the back of some iffy form but they're a good team with dangerous players and they made us pay for it we've seen it before haven't we as Stephen says Edward it's not the first time we've seen that sort of performance I'm afraid so that sort of pre-match sinking feeling or shall I say Darasette Son Kane feeling those two guys up front who every time they come to the Etihad always seem to bring their A game and I've spoken to a couple of uh, Spurs fans since the game and they've 
both said to me, actually, they played out of their skin compared with, uh, as a team, they've been playing over the last, uh, I think they lost the last three coming into this. Uh, they just seem to, to um, wait for us and, um, and um, demonstrate what they're capable of. And unfortunately for us, we just had too many of our key players who were slightly off it. Uh, Rodri looked a little bit leggy. Diaz, as we know, got flat-footed a couple of times, uh, which is very unusual for him. And some of the potency up front, which we saw earlier uh, last week against Lisbon, just it just wasn't wasn't happening. And there was a little bit of panic that we started to see creep in. Hence, so many crosses were, were going into. I think Bernardo Silva is our tallest player in the box, about five foot seven or something. Uh, so that was, wasn't going to work really. And you know, as um, Stephen said, you know, we weren't horrific, but we were just not at the level that we would normally expect. And it's just irritating that this is the same way that Spurs have beaten us so many times over the last five or six years, uh, most um, memorably in a not great way, is although we won on the night 4-3, the Champions League uh, quarterfinal, I think it was, uh, which uh, which we lost in, in similar fashion. So more of the same. Um, Spurs obviously worked us out. I think one of the uh, papers called it sort of shape-shifting, where they moved from 3-4-3 to a 5-4-1 quite seamlessly. And Kane was just superb at holding up the play, bullying, I'm afraid, our our, our, um, our, cent- our, our centre halves and and um, and it, it's just unfortunately that the last minute uh, was a, a sort of an encapsulation of everything that went wrong on the night, and we ended up on the losing side. But you know, be fair to Pep, he said we weren't going to win every game. Forty-three out of forty-five points going into this, it, it was a banana skin, which unfortunately we didn't avoid. David, I know you're on holiday. I mean, obviously you live on holiday. Every time you come on this show, you've been somewhere. I think it was only Ireland this time, but uh, yeah. clearly ruined your weekend with your wife and family. Oh, the sinking feeling, and you just knew it was going to happen. Uh, I suppose I couldn't believe that it actually happened again. It was, but they looked so solid, and that's not been Spurs for the last few games. Eric Dyer coming back made a difference. They played a couple of the newbies. But Conte, he just organised them so well, didn't he? And when you're watching the game, they will have those two lines. And we've just pussyfooting with the ball, like trying to just almost just, you know, kick it in the centre and hope someone gets on the end or someone does something special. But no one was playing particularly well. I was disappointed with Foden actually on Saturday night. Um and, you know, Conte just outthought Pep this one because we just weren't good enough. And it does worry me that those are the games we all say is when you need that type of player who can do something magical, who's a great striker, who will just make that difference. And that's what we missed, I think. I, I think it just shows in in games like that. And, and I'm not sure I'd have to watch it again, but I'm not sure whether it was a case of Spurs obviously defended deep and they were very solid, but it felt to me like we didn't really have the movement or the players running beyond their back line. We often see kind of Gundogan makes that run in the the channel or Bernardo does it the other wing at times or De Bruyne can do it from the right. It just felt we didn't really have that that energy. Um, And then all we ended up doing was floating these aimless crosses in, as as the guys have said, to Bernardo, to Foden, who are never going to win a header against Dyer. Ben Davies and and their kind of six foot three centre back, so it kind of shows the limitations because 
we didn't have options from the bench. We know that Grealish is, is out, Jesus is out, but Grealish is a very similar player, wants the ball to feet, doesn't really want to run in behind. So there weren't that many options to change things around. The only one would have really been Dilap from the bench and he's not ready for our first team and you know, as much as fans clamour for him. But if if your game plan is to put crosses into the box, then surely your best chance of winning those headers is your absolute lump of a striker who's on the bench. But, but, but just Stephen, felt- we didn't really need to do that. And this is not the first time we have seen teams come to the Etihad knowing that City are going to dominate play. You could see that line of five, six at times with you know two or three in front. We see that time and time again and, and we find a way through and we show patience and, and we do find that pass and we do have people making that run and that there was something different about it. Yeah, I'm sure we can come back and give Spurs as much credit as you like and whether it was the greatest game Kane has ever played in the world or whatever ridiculous comments people have been making. Yeah, the, the pass for the first goal was out in this world and even look up, superb. You know, and he bullied um, Walker to score the third. So yeah, all credit to to Kane in particular and, and Conte for the way he set up. But it's not the first time we've seen that, Edward. It's not the first time we've seen teams lining up like that against City. And, and in the past, we've, we haven't needed a, a big number nine striker to, to score plenty of goals. We've scored almost 100 goals again this year. No, you, you're, you're right, Nigel. There's been sim- similar games where Unfortunately, very few and far between that have ended up similar to this one. So I think back to Leicester, um, I think, was it this season or last season? I can't, can't remember. They all sort of fade into one these days. But they, they did a smash and grab on us. I think it was 2-0. Um, and that, that felt a very similar sort of game. But they, they are very much the exception to the rule where we can point to so many others where we've had the vast majority of possession. We've perhaps tiptoed around the edge of their box a little bit too much. But eventually... Um, through um, a level of skill from one or two of our players, we find a, a, a route through. And so I, you know, I don't think we need to uh, be, be too despondent in the sense that, uh, you know, I, we, we've still got the c- capability and, and definitely the capacity to do that um, again in the games coming up. Uh, you, you could argue maybe in hindsight, some of the selections you would have gone differently, but it's very difficult when you've got such a high class world-class squad, bringing Walker back in. Stones was on a, an excellent run in the team. Rodri's played a lot of games. Maybe he needed the astuteness of Fernandinho in this one, but of course he's not as quick when you've got Son running at you. So there's lots of conundrums there, which we seem to... We, we lost to Spurs at the beginning of the season as well, so it's not one that we haven't seen before. Uh, so I, I just think there were a, a few who just ran out of steam, ran out of ideas on the night, and it just didn't click in the way that we'd normally expect. And, and unfortunately, that does happen from time to time. But I'm not unduly worried, um, as long as we do what we've done previously when we've had a loss, as we then go on a streak of winning another 10 to 15 games uh, off the back of it. Um, my last thought just on it is uh, the, the Delap uh, point that, that Steve has brought up. Actually, I, I would have liked to see him come on uh, in that game. Uh, and although it's not meant to be sort of a, a test bed when you're uh, up against one of the, you know, one of the better teams in the division and you're losing... Uh, with uh, five minutes or ten minutes to go. But I think it could have changed some of the dynamic and made Tottenham think more. I think they just got used to squeezing us on the edge of the box, out on the wings, and just styming anything going into the box other than just some wild crosses. So I would have liked to have seen that. Maybe, I know Fran Torres is, is gone now, um, but maybe we need to think about getting um, uh, someone like Dilap more involved in the team for the run-in. 
Do you agree? I'm not sure if I agree with Stephen and, and Edward here. I have to be honest, David. I think we're uh, we play a different sort of game, and we're going back to the Jekko days or Win Davis or I don't know um, somebody like that. There's a big striker. Stephen sort of rolled in his eyes. He, he ask your granddad about Win Davis. He'll tell you, uh, Stephen. David, you remember Win Davis? Uh, your do, thoughts yeah. about this? Is it is Delap really our answer in these situations? I'm not sure if he is. Well, not having Delap certainly wasn't the answer. So the argument for Delap, I think, is quite strong because we aren't we weren't going anywhere. If you keep pumping balls in, it goes nowhere. And it was obvious it was going nowhere. I don't think Delap. I think he's a better player than we're not giving Delap any credit, but he's a good player. And other teams will play players like Delap and give them a chance, especially when you need something different. There was nothing different. I also would have played Stones actually. Instead of Laporte, I think Stones would have been good because we didn't mark Kane particularly well. No one seems to get beat him in the air. Uh, I think Stones is better in the air than Laporte, personally. Um, so I do think a couple of tweaks might have made all the difference. So I would have gone with Stones, I would have gone with Delap near the end and given it unsettled them a bit, roughed them up a bit. We weren't doing that. Delap is a really strong player. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts on the role that Bernardo Silva played as well, so more of a central role. Um, not sort of sure if that kind of worked either. I don't think that really suited him or the way City played either. It's a really hard one. I, personally, I, I wouldn't have left Mares out. I think he's been very good recently. Um, but you have to leave someone out. And it, it was probably a case of, do you leave Gundogan or do you leave Mares? Sterling's been the one in form. Foden's been playing very well. So I, I think we often look really good when Bernardo plays as that false nine and, and almost has a bit more freedom just to roam around and dictate play. I think he looks brilliant there. But it meant that we just didn't have kind of other options running beyond the front line to really break Spurs' concentration and um, everything was to feet. Um, so I... I'd have been tempted to get Mares on earlier. Um, but the the flip side was, and, and I'm sure we will come on to Kane in more detail, but he was brilliant. Not just the goals, but his overall play. Because the amount of times where we will sustain attacks and we'll have wave after wave of attack and the opposition will clear it, but you'll see Laporte and Diaz and Stones, whoever plays there, just nip in, win the ball, and we're on the front foot again. And Kane never let that happen whether it was dropping deeper as he did to set up their first goal when Laporte just never tracked him. Or as David said before, he wins his headers. He gives you that physical battle as well. It just never meant that we could kind of sustain those attacks. And and then he brings San and, and their other more attacking players into play. I thought it was almost the perfect display of a centre forward. And it showed why we wanted him. It showed why he'd suit Pep because he can drop deep and link up play. He can offer you that slight plan B physical threat. And he is just clinical. He took his chances. So, um, yeah, ironic that he did that against us, but it shows how good a player he is. Ironic was the word I was going to use, Edward. Your, your thoughts on the Kane performance? So it's sort of just talking about that in a little bit more detail. Obviously, somebody, as we know, that Pep was after, and in the end, we couldn't quite get it over the line. And, of course, he comes back and uh, puts in a performance like that. I know, it's pretty gutting, isn't it? When uh, you think back at the Euros, he wasn't fully fit. He's not had a great season. 
He's been in and out of the goals. Uh, his, his forms have dipped and dived and he's left the best one for the one game he didn't want it to happen. We also have to remember there was a couple of other occasions of the VAR call um, and at least another one or two other occasions where there's the good Edson save uh, with, it his, uh, with his feet, which prevented a goal. So there were quite a few chances over above the ones that he tucked away that, that he created. And, and when I say he created, almost every move he was pivotal either coming deep, setting off the play with the next pass and running through and, and scoring, um, or making sure that he followed through through with the play and was in the right place at the right time. And uh, he didn't miss. So, you know, you, you can't argue with that being one of the, you know, the, the, the best displays we've seen from a, a travelling striker at the Etihad this season, no doubt about it. Whether he can sustain that uh, week after week after week in the team that he's in, um, is another matter and whether we still want to pursue him now that he's coming out of contract he's 29 I think um, is is still to be resolved but he certainly showed us uh, a side of football that at the moment going back to our early discussion perhaps uh, equating Dilap with Kane is a little bit unfair uh, but having something different in your locker uh, for these sorts of games uh, they showed how, how how useful and clinical they, they were able to to bring bring that to bear, and whether he would have made a difference to our performance of being playing for City, um, who knows? Um, we'll never, we'll perhaps never know. Uh, we will never know. But looking forward, David, to the summer and the ubiquitous question of a, a striker and City obviously not being able to replace Aguero, uh, and the fact that Harlan's being talked about is Kane back on the you know back back as one of the options. You, you, your views on on the kind of that striker option for City? Yeah, I mean, we all know we don't want Harland. Um, Kane, I just think it's down to cost. And I just don't think we'll ever meet what they want. And it's as simple as that. Um, Daniel Levy will not sell him for anything under a certain price and we won't pay over a certain price. So I just don't think that's going to change. I actually don't think, however good Kane played, yeah, he has not had, not every game he plays is that good. He just was on a brilliant day. Um, and every player has a great day here and there. I don't think we'll get go for him, I think. It's Holland or someone else. And we bought that South American player, haven't we? They might choose to bring him over. And well, he's going to come over anyway. He might sure. be a great player. I've not really watched him, so I don't know too much about him. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, we do have to get someone quality forward in now. Yeah, whatever he said, you can score 100 goals, but you need to score the goals when you need them. Uh, and that's when we needed it. I mean, remember, we did also concede three. <laughs> we scored two, and that is quite an important point. So, you know, we we sort of were a little bit weak at the back as well. Your thoughts, Stephen, just in the summer briefly in terms of a striker? We kind of cover this every third week, I think, on the show, but it's uh, it's probably relevant today as ever. Yeah, and it, it's hard to have the answers. Pep clearly wanted someone in the, the last summer transfer window. We, we clearly went hard for Kane up to a certain point, and then when that fell through, there were too many noises about Ronaldo for us not to have been interested in some way. I think what Kane shows, even if it's not Kane who we end up getting, it's that striker who can do a couple of different roles. I've not really seen enough of Haaland, to be honest, to know if he is just pure goal scorer or he will drop deep and link play and bring others around him. But it's that what Kane offers is it's kind of multi-pronged, which Pep wants. He doesn't just want 
the Aguero that was there when Pep joined. He moulded him into someone who worked harder and dropped deep and, and had different facets to his game. So whether that's our new South American striker, whether it's someone else the scouts are looking at, whether it is Haaland, I think Pep will go for a striker in the summer. Before we go to the break, Edward, let's try and find something positive to say. Good penalty. Good penalty. Excellent penalty. Yeah, I'm, strugg- I mean, I'm struggling for much else after that. Yeah, Help me out. A, a, exceptional penalty, because I think fifth in a row, other, other corner from the one he scored um, previously, uh, really you know, whipped in, done with conviction. Uh, hopefully, after the, the, the terrible one against Liverpool, uh, a few seasons back, um, he, we finally found our penalty taker and uh, long may it continue. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. Before we do that, um, despite the all the words about how marvellous Spurs were, just to remind our seven listeners that Spurs, after that, are still eighth. Um, they're the fourth best team in London. Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, all above them, of course. 23 games gone. Their goal difference is zero. And they're still closer to the bottom than the top. But they did win the We Beat Man City Cup twice trophy, which is the first trophy since probably 1961, because everything of Spurs is around 1961. Uh, we're going to talk about sporting and a great win in Europe and looking forward to Everton, who must be shitting their pants at the very thought of City at the weekend. And we'll do all of that straight after this break. Welcome back. Listen, let's talk about that amazing game against Sporting David. 5-0 victory. City were just awesome, weren't they? Well, they were. Everything they did went right. <laughs> it's the contrary to what happened on Saturday. But it, it was quite unbelievable, actually, performance. I think everyone saw Bernardo was brilliant. It, it was just one of those games when, you know, I'm not saying a lot goes with you, but Everything you try and do comes off. Um, I think we all sat there in disbelief at hard time, thinking, you know, to get five goals or four goals in the first half, five nil means at least you can sit back in that second game. And it's quite an important time because I think we're playing the Reds after. So at least we know that actually where United might have a lot of pressure, um, it just gives you a bit of a comfort to the zone, doesn't it, for that game. You can play who you want. Uh, but it was just... Great fun, great to be able to relax and enjoy the game. I was watching it with six other fellow City fans and um, it was magic, really. I often think of the older generation, Edward, you know, people like your dad, um, and I suppose my dad as well, who kind of thinking of what they've been through as City fans and to just to be sitting watching that game and, and people talking about us being nailed on favourites for the Champions League, which I don't like very much, but just to go away and, and, and play that sort of football and, and beat in the last 16 another European side at that level, five goals to nil, is just a joy to behold. And, and, and what a thrill to be a City fan when we enjoy moments like that absolutely Nigel I think I may have mentioned before uh, on your uh, podcast the birthday present that City gave me on Boxing Day in I think 1998 somewhere around there when uh, I travelled away to Crew Alexandra and uh, saw us batter their goal and lose 1-0 and thought things can get worse and I think we lost to Lincoln City not long after 2-1 so but we've all been there and to then contrast that with what we saw 
against Sporting Lisbon. By the way, the best ever away goal performance in Champions League history, I think joint with maybe Stau Bucharest or someone like that. Uh, but, you know, we shouldn't forget that. You know, these are phenomenal performances and achievements that they're doing on probably the, the biggest stage uh, in football, um, certainly at club level. And, you know, it was a demolition job, really. It was it was majestic. Um, it was surgical in, in many respects. It just, everything, as David said, we did just came off. Um, it was very authoritative. We were in control of the game. And you know, Sporting Lisbon, to get to the last 16, you know, they're not complete mugs. And they showed some glimpses of what they're capable of. So, and you throw in some of the spectacular goals, the incredible technique for, for Bernardo's, uh, Sterling's sort of reminiscent of his last minute curler against Southampton way back in the day. So, you know, there was, there was a lot to, to enjoy, to, to love uh, and appreciate from, from the City boys against uh, Sporting Lisbon. It does make the return leg rather academic, um, although going back to my birthday from just the one just gone on Boxing Day when we were 4-0 up, uh, against Leicester at half time, and then suddenly it was four three. So we just need to be a little bit careful. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, the effort, the precision, everything about our performance was top class uh, and was an absolute joy to watch. What particularly thrilled you about it, Stephen? What thrilled me was that I agree with Pep after the game when he said that we can actually be better because I, I we killed the game at three nil. Was it twenty twenty five minutes? We got the third. The first half an hour. I think they looked a really decent team. They had a couple of sort of quite promising attacks and I think 3-0 after half an hour flattered us. The next hour was just cruise control. They Their heads dropped and kind of we went into passing master mode that we know we can just kill a game. Um, but I agree with Pep. I think there's another level to come from, from that team. Um, I agree with what, what David and Edward have both said in terms of the second leg allows you maybe to, to rest and rotate more than Pep would typically do, um, which is a bonus going into the United game. But it, it was good from City and the scoreline looks unbelievable, but I, I think there's another, another level to come. And what was your view of the crowd's reaction? And, and uh, I know I talked to you about kits and other things, and you're not very keen to engage. But but it was I just just interesting to so say here's a team uh, in Europe who just been battered five nil at home, and the the, the team the, the crowd are on their feet, waving their scarves, cheering every single player. What how what did you read into that? And how, what was your reaction when you saw that? Do you know what it reminded me of? This was this would have been I don't know maybe. 12, 15 years ago when it was prime Arsenal, maybe longer when they had the Invincible team, but it was a game at Main Road and I think Arsenal were 4-0 up after 20 minutes and it was peak Henri, Bergkamp, that generation. And I remember, I would have been quite young, but I remember the City fans just applauding Arsenal and you're thinking, you can try as hard as you want, you can do everything. You're just playing against a team who are so superior to you that you have to respect and acknowledge it. And it felt that level of, okay, we're going to support sporting. They're our team, but you just have to acknowledge how good City are. It's interesting, David, I thought they were actually sort of, there might be a bit that I thought they were kind of applauding their own team as well, because I think pretty much City were up the tunnel or sort of 
applauding their own fans as they do at the at the away end in that sort of bottom quarter. But uh, I thought they were just supporting their own team and just saying we're here for you. Did you have a different view, David? No, I agree. I think you get to a point when you're getting that battered that you just think, well, there's no point booing. That's not going to make a difference. Uh, for them, it's still a thrill to be at, at that level and at that stage. And I think they've just said a message. We're here to support the team. Yeah, you've had a bad day, but is against one of the best teams in the world. And actually, you've they tried their best in the first half. And yeah, they played pretty well in the first half. Um, they're just against a very informed side on that day. So, yeah, I think the fans... You quite often get that abroad, don't you, where fans do tend to support the teams. I think even Liverpool fans would support their team like that at the end if they had a, a really off day. What sometimes I'm not quite sure we would do the same. I, I'm not sure we would, and that's why I'm asking the question. Uh, yeah. I think one very wor- worried person will be a bloke called Frank Lampard. Um, Edward, uh, the new manager of Everton, who's sort of come in, I think he had a bit of a result early doors, but since then it's been quite difficult. And he's got a wounded Manchester City and, and the team who stayed behind in the dressing room afterwards to have a bit of a chat. Uh, Pep will have them all wound up. City will be like a wounded animal, won't they, at the weekend against Everton. Woe betide Everton Football Club. Well, you, you'd like to think that that's exactly the way City will be approaching it. Um, I think even uh, whether it was at half-time or at the end of the game in the City dressing room um, in the, against Spurs, there's a lot of uh, trying to work out why it hadn't, why it hadn't quite gone, gone the way they wanted to. And actually during the Spurs game, there was still a lot of, you could see it, you know, passion and, you know, really, really wanting to win from the players on the pitch. So they'll be hurt by by the fact that, they, that they've lost again to Spurs and will want to take out on Everton, who've been pretty flat. As you say, Lampard came in, had a bit like with Gerrard at Villa, they had a bit of a boost, but then they've, they've now gone insipid. They've got, I think, a bit of an identity crisis, mishmash of players brought in by different managers. But you never know on the day at Goodison that they can gel, they can have a humdinger, and uh, we're on the back foot. But uh, I, I think, you know, they lost again at the weekend at uh, Everton, they're, str- they're struggling to string any uh, performances, even during a whole game together, let alone from match to match. And although they've shown glimpses uh, of what they're capable of, uh, I-, I would hope that their form will continue in the same vein. And we will uh, come back to the level that we know we're capable. We are. We-, we know we're capable of. Uh, I'd like to see KDB have a, a big game. Um, I think last time I was on, he was starting to get back to his best. And I think there's still some more that we can see from him in the run-in, um, particularly the next six games, which is going to be crucial, including uh, ones we don't like to talk about coming to uh, to the Etihad. So all, all to play for against Everton for both teams, but hopefully we will be back to the sizzling best that we know we can be. You've got to expect a reaction, haven't you, from City, David, at the, at the weekend against Everton, surely? You definitely expect so. Um, it's the sort of game we should should suit us. Uh, their confidence is down. I, I think you know the Spurs one. I is very different. They had players to come back. Uh, I think Conte is a much more <laughs> um, uh, is is a super manager. Where Lampard is still quite naive, and I think unless he just decides to park the bus and make it very difficult, which isn't really the Everton way. Um, hopefully it'll go our way and, and 
their confidence being that low will help us. So we should be okay, please, God. Your thoughts ahead of the game, Stephen, against Everton at the weekend? Yeah, I, I think David touched on it at the end. I don't think Everton have got the defensive nous to put two banks of five almost behind the ball and, and defend. I don't think they, they'd have the quality to do that. Their best way to go at us, and I think bearing in mind it's an evening 5.30 kickoff at Goodison, is to really go in quite feisty and get the fans up and about them and create that atmosphere. And actually, if they start to press us high and open up, that, that suits us in terms of how we would want to play and gives us more space. I think it's the type of game, it's probably a cliche, but it's it's where the first 10 minutes will define it. If we can just quieten the crowd, either ping our passes around that just take the sting out of the game or get that early goal, ideally, it just takes the wind out their sails and, and they haven't got the the quality of a of a Spurs going forward. Yeah. Rich Arlison's a good player. Calvert Lewin, if he's on form, is isn't bad. But it is, as as the guys have said, it's the type of game we should win. So with all that in mind, can I go back to the second question I posed at the at the start of the show, uh, which is all about Premier League and the fact that it's gone from boring city just dominating and it's just a procession into now suddenly after just one game it's now suddenly a, a two-horse race how, how do you see that Stephen? It's going to be tight and tense again isn't it? Um, so Liverpool will be three points behind if they win their game in hand and goal difference will be virtually the same I think there's two goals in it at the moment we're going to have to play well I think it it shows probably how far behind we were or how slow we started the season that we've won 14 of 15 games and we may still only be three points ahead. Uh, Liverpool aren't going to go away. I think the difference this season that Liverpool might find harder is that in previous years, I don't think they've done that well in cup competitions. You know, they've lost in the Carabao Cup quite easily, FA Cup the same. They've got extra games now with the Champions League and they've got the cup final on, on Sunday. Like it might just catch up with them because I think their first 11 is is very strong, but they maybe don't have the depth that we do. So um, oh, it might be like, was it the Brighton year where we each won our last like, 12 or 13 games and, and we nicked it by a point? It, it might be like that, but we've shown that we can string these runs of 8, 10, 12 wins together um, and we might need to do so again. So, Edward, yeah, they've got that game in hand. And, of course, we, we play them as well, which is that'd be quite a big game, wouldn't it? Um, so it's going to be tight, isn't it? I think it is. And in some ways, it's a new challenge for City because when we've won the, the league previously, we've either won it by miles or we've actually come from behind and then through the pack. And then there was that ding-dong Steve was just talking about with Liverpool towards the end of the season. So we are, we are ahead and people expect us to win from where we are, but we're not so far ahead that we can't be caught. And clearly the Liverpool game uh, coming up, I think something like the 6th of April or something like that, um, is going to be crucial. Uh, but of course, you're still going to perform in all the other games. And when you look through uh, the ones all the way through to the end of the season, uh, you know, they're quite a mixed bag. None of them uh, that you would say we, 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 shouldn't, we shouldn't be winning. But of course, as we've seen uh, with previous run-ins, when... We had a, had a game to win the season uh, against a team much inferior to us and they beat us uh, 3-2, us having been 2-0 up at half-time. Strange things can happen. So uh, Pep is right to be cautious about 
um, saying anything other than this is going to be a difficult run-in and we're going to make sure that we just concentrate on winning all our games. And Klopp's already started the mind game saying, well, it's already over, I think, before the, the games of uh, the, this last weekend. So we're going to hear a bit more of that, I suspect. But it will be tight. Uh, I think that we will have enough in the squad to to expand Stephen's point uh, to make sure that through those last few games we have uh, the players on the pitch who can do the business. Uh, David, finally, we can't afford to uh, do what we did against Spurs at the weekend if that's how it's going to end up, of course. No, you know, it's interesting. This year, in January, we had far fewer games than we've ever had and, and far fewer tougher games than we've ever had for many seasons where Liverpool have had a lot of hard games. So is having easier games and less games a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe Liverpool are sharper at the moment because they are playing much harder games and having to fight for everything. And maybe we've had too much time to really sort of relax. We haven't really had a tough game, have we, until Spurs have been probably the only really slightly tough game we've had. So I am a bit worried that actually we're not having enough difficult, hard, competitive games. That might go against us, ironically. Um, and, yeah, that Liverpool are on a roll. We're not particularly on a roll. You know, we dropped the points against Southampton and I'm, uh, I am a bit concerned now. And we're the, we all knew this might happen. No one else did. And every other fan turned, I know it's all over, you won it. I said, no, we haven't. And we're all very clear why we haven't. And now they know. <laughs> so one final really stupid question. We're going to ask it anyway. We can only win one trophy this year. Are you going for the FA Cup, the Champions League or the Premier League? David Blakeney, you can only choose one of those three this season. Which one's the priority? Which one would you most like this season? Champions League, 100%. Edward Timpson. Pep Legacy, it has to be the Champions League. But, of course, we're greedy and want more. Stephen Allwise? Premier League. Can always rely on Stephen. It's been a great pleasure. What do you, what do you all think? Let us know on At City Podcast. Thanks for listening. And thank you to my three guests, David Blakeney, Edward Timpson and Stephen Allwise. We'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.